eternal, righteous, and invisible Father in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the privilege to fellowship with you. As we fellowship with you now, Lord, we ask that you will teach us valuable, important lessons that will work out our salvation for us. We have lessons to learn from your word as you have told us that these things were written for our learning that we may have comfort and courage. Lord, please encourage us. Help us, Lord, to avoid the mistakes and to gain the lessons and learn the courage of those whom we have been given as subject matter to study from your word. Lord, as we go through the study, help us to rightly divide the word of truth. Grant us of your spirit. Grant us understanding. Impress on our hearts the areas where these things apply to us personally. And above all, Lord, please put your words in my mouth. Bring light to those who are listening that we all may be edified, built up into the image of Christ. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage May 6 Mighty Weakling he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Judges chapter 13 verse 5 God's promise that through Samson, he would begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines was fulfilled. But how dark and terrible the record of that life, which might have been a praise to God and a glory to the nation. Had Samson been true to his divine calling, the purpose of God could have been accomplished in his honor and exaltation. But he yielded to temptation and proved untrue to his trust, and his mission was fulfilled in defeat, bondage, and death. Physically, Samson was the strongest man upon the earth, but in self-control, integrity, and firmness, he was one of the weakest of men. Many mistake strong passions for a strong character, but the truth is that he who is mastered by his passions is a weak man. The real greatness of the man is measured by the power of the feelings that he controls, not by those that control him. God's providential care had been over Samson, that he might be prepared to accomplish the work which he was called to do. At the very outset of life, he was surrounded with favorable conditions for physical strength, intellectual vigor, and moral purity. But under the influence of wicked associates, he let go that hold upon God which is man's only safeguard, and he was swept away by the tide of evil. Those who in the way of duty are brought into trial may be sure that God will preserve them. But if men willfully place themselves under the power of temptation, they will fall sooner or later. The very ones whom God proposes to use as his instruments for a special work, Satan employs his utmost power to lead astray. He attacks us at our weak points, working through defects in the character to gain control of the whole man. And he knows that if these defects are cherished, he will succeed, but none need be overcome. Man is not left alone to conquer the power of evil by his own feeble efforts. Help is at hand, 
and will be given to every soul who desires it. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Mighty Weakling. And that's an oxymoron there for one to be a mighty weakling. And we'll find that we have many mighty weaklings today. And it may well be you and me that are mighty weaklings. But the Lord would help us and want us to overcome whatever makes us to be a mighty weakling. We are looking at the life of Samson. And he is the one that is referred to as a mighty weakling for obvious reasons. Because he was mighty indeed, but yet he was weak. And we are going to see how that is the case. And by the grace of God also provide some uh, counsels from the word of God to help us not to be mighty weaklings but to mighty to be to be people who are just mighty not weak anymore our key text is taken from the book of Judges chapter 13 verse 5 and it says he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines these words were words spoken by the angel of the Lord by God himself when he appeared to Manoah and his wife which were the parents of Samson one thing we need to understand is that these people were actually godly people, Manoah and his wife. They were people who worshipped God. And we need to understand the contrast in their time. Just before the time of Manoah, Jephthah was the judge who was available for the children of Israel. In the days of Jephthah, which is just after the time of um, Gideon, uh, the, the Israelites apostatized so greatly that God remonstrated with them. Jephthah was a judge who came just after Gideon. When Gideon had died and there was that time where his children were fighting for the supremacy and his, one of his sons, Abinadab, was used as the judge. When he had died, then the Israelites apostatized so greatly again that the Lord had to appear to them to remonstrate with them. In the book of Judges chapter 10 verse 6 it says, And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord, and served Balim, and Ashtaroth, and the gods of Syria, and the gods of Zidon, and the gods of Moab, and the gods of the children of Ammon, and the gods of the Philistines, and forsook the Lord, and served not him. And this was just so bad. And what you will hear later shows you that truly, they really deserve to hear this kind of thing. Judges 10 verse 7 now says, And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he sold them into the hands of the Philistines and into the hands of the children of Ammon. And that year they vexed and oppressed the children of Israel. Eighteen years all the children of Israel that were on the other side Jordan in the land of the Amorites which is in Gilead. Moreover, the children of Ammon passed over Jordan to fight also against Judah and against Benjamin and against the house of Ephraim, so that Israel was sore distressed. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, saying, We have sinned against thee, both because we have forsaken our God and also served Baalim. And the Lord said unto the children of Israel, Did not I deliver you from the Egyptians and from the Amorites, from the children of Ammon and from the Philistines? The Zidonians also, and the Amalekites, and the Maonites did oppress you. And you cried to me, and I delivered you out of their hand. Yet you have forsaken me, and served other gods. Wherefore, I will deliver you no more. Go and cry unto the gods which you have chosen. Let them deliver you in the time of your tribulation. And the children of Israel said unto the Lord, We have sinned. Do thou unto us 
whatsoever seemeth good unto thee, deliver us only, we pray thee this day. And they put away the strange gods from among them, and served the Lord, and his soul was grieved for the misery of Israel. Then the children of Ammon were gathered together and encamped in Gilead, and the children of Israel assembled themselves together and encamped in Mizpeh. And the people and the princes of Gilead said one to another, What man is he that will begin to fight against the children of Ammon? He shall be head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. So here we see the apostasy of the children of Israel once again in seven other gods. The Lord raised the man called Jephthah to deliver them and he judged them for some years. Now the reason I have gone through this is for us to understand what happened prior to the days of Samson. The children of Israel had so apostatized to the point where the Lord said he wasn't going to deliver them again. Now, the Lord delivered them through Jephthah. After the death of Jephthah, not long after that, they went back to the idolatry. And this is why you hear that in the days of Samson, they were 40 years under the Philistines. They had become so accustomed to the idolatry that this time, they were not necessarily crying out because they were part of the idolatry and they, they had mixed so much with the heathen that it became normal thing for them. Normally, before the days of Samson, you will see that whenever the Lord raises a judge for the children of Israel, there will be people who will rally around them. They did it for Jephthah, they did it for Gideon, they did it for Barak and Deborah, they did it for Othniel, they did it for Shamgar and the rest of the judges. They always rallied around the judges. But have you noticed that in the case of Samson, that was not the case? They didn't rally around Samson because of how badly they had apostatized. And that's what leads us to what we are looking at today. Yesterday, we left off in Samson's story, understanding that the Lord was teaching him a lesson not to reunite with the Philistines. Samson was not like the rest of the Israelites. His parents brought him up serving God. Samson didn't know what it is to serve Baal. He didn't know what it is to serve Asherah and the other gods because his parents were not part of those who apostatized. They were godly people. But Samson nevertheless had one problem, which we will talk about later. But That's what made him a a mighty weakling. But after the Lord, remember what we read yesterday? It was of the Lord that the, the Lord permitted him to go to the land of Philistines and that lady who he said pleased him well was the one who betrayed him and the rest of the Philistines also betrayed him. He now knew that these people are not trustworthy people and he was supposed to from then on not have anything to do with them. Now, they betrayed him also and took his wife from him and the money he had paid for her and everything, they were supposed to return it of course and they wouldn't want to do that so he decided to the Lord put his spirit on him and he decided to also punish them for it. Now, after punishing them for it and killing some of the Philistines, he went to a mountain in Judah to rest. The Philistines came running after, after Samson to find him so that they can't kill him. And the apostatized children of Judah. Now was the time where they were supposed to say, Samson, be our judge and deliver us from the people of, from the Philistines. But they didn't do that. Instead, when they saw the Philistines who were their friends, they had looked at them as friends, they were afraid and said, why are you here? And they said, we came to get Samson. Now, what did they do? Judges 15 verse 11. Then 3,000 men of Judah went to the top of the rock, Etam, and said to Samson, Knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? What is this that thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, As they did unto me, so have I done unto them. And they said unto him, We are come down to bind thee, that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said unto them, Swear unto me that ye will not fall upon me yourselves. And they spake unto him, saying, No. 
but we will bind thee fast and deliver thee into their hand, but surely we will not kill thee. And they bound him with two cords and brought him from the rock, brought him up from the rock. And when he came to unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire, and his bands loosed from off his hands. And he found a new jawbone of an ass, and put forth his hand, and took it, and slew a thousand men therewith. Amen. Now, this was a time when the children of Israel were supposed to rally around him again, but they didn't. Reading from Patriarchs and Prophets, page 564, paragraph 2, it says, Had the Israelites been ready to unite with Samson and follow up the victory, they might at this time have freed themselves from the power of their oppressors. But they had become dispirited and cowardly. They had neglected the work which God commanded them to perform in dispossessing the heathen and had united with them in their degrading practices, tolerating their cruelty, and so long as it was not directed against themselves, even countenancing their injustice. When themselves brought under the power of the oppressor, they tamely submitted to the degradation which they might have escaped had they only obeyed God. Even when the Lord raised up a deliverer for them, they would not infrequently desert him and unite with their enemies." End of quote. So the children of Israel had their own faults. They were also mighty weaklings themselves. Here it is that this is what can happen to us when we allow our indulgences and our sins to have full sway. It will keep on killing us, it will be cruel to us, our degrading practices, and they will be destroying us, like whatever the degrading practice may be, alcoholism, you name it. When we give up, it, it kills us, and this is not good. The children of Israel gave up. They had become cowards. They will not rise up against the heathen anymore. They won't rise up against the Amorites in their lives. We need not to be like this. We need to ensure that we never give up in fighting against the besetments in our lives. But back to Samson now, the Lord used him to work a mighty deliverance. Imagine one man killing a thousand people, not with a sword, but with just the jawbone of an ass. And at this time, the Lord used Samson to judge Israel. In Judges 15 verse 20, it says, And he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines twenty years. But the manner in which Samson judged Israel is not the same manner in which Jephthah, Barak, Othniel, Shamgar, Gideon and the rest of them judged Israel. When these people judged Israel, Israel actually came back to the Lord. But in the case of Samson, we, didn't, we don't see anything about them returning back to God. Many of them were still serving other gods. Many of them. They didn't rally around Samson. But Samson himself also had his own weakness. The mighty works that the Lord did with him was indeed a remarkable feat. And this thing was not because Samson was going to the gym and it was the Spirit of the Lord that came upon him that made him do the things he did, not because he was a, a gym instructor or a weightlifter. No. All these things misrepresent the, the lesson that the Lord wants to teach us. It was not by Samson's power nor by his might. He was told never to cut his hair. He had seven locks on his hair. And those seven locks were never to be touched. The seven locks was a symbol of his covenant with God. And as far as those seven locks were on his head, there was the assurance that the Lord will always give him strength. This teaches us the lesson that we must keep our covenant with the Lord. Even though Samson was not the best of people, but that hair, that seven locks in his head, was the 
covenant God had with him as far as he had not gone against that and of course there were other things apart from the vow of not cutting his hair as a Nazarite he was not supposed to take alcohol and he was not even supposed to be a person who goes about sleeping with harlots but that the main one was the hair and he had not cut that and the Lord walked in mighty deliverance with him 20 good years Samson judged Israel but then Samson had a weakness that he stayed 20 years is a wonder because when people have weaknesses, it derails their career. And that was what happens to Samson. In the book of Judges chapter 16, verse 1 to 3, we read, It says, Then went Samson to Gaza, and saw there an harlot, and went in unto her. And it was told the Gazites, saying, Samson is come hither. And they compassed him in, and laid wait for him all night in the gates of the city, and were quiet all the night, saying, In the morning when it is day, we shall kill him. And Samson lay till midnight, and arose at midnight, and took the doors of the gate of the city, and the two posts, and went away with them, bar and all, and put them upon his shoulders, and carried them up to the top of an hill that is before Hebron. Oh my, the people must have been so afraid, and they would have run away to hear the gates and the bars of that gate, everything lifted up, and that would have just been is care for them and they will run away. It was the Lord that did this through Samson. Samson was not supposed to be in Gaza. Gaza is the land of the Philistines. He had no business going there. But he went there nonetheless. And what did he go there to do? To sleep with a harlot. This is the weakness of this mighty man. Reading from Patriarchs and Prophets, page 564, paragraph 3, it says, At midnight Samson was aroused. The accusing voice of conscience filled him with remorse as he remembered that he had broken his vow as a Nazarite. But notwithstanding his sin, God's mercy had not forsaken him. His prodigious strength again served to deliver him. Going to the city gates, he wrenched it from its place and carried it with, the, with its post and bars to the top of a hill on the way to Hebron. This was what the Lord did for him and indeed he was a mighty man, but his weakness was in this matter of women. The Bible teaches us that the woman that is an adulteress will bring down a man to a piece of bread. And this happened to Samson subsequently. His insatiable desire, his lack of self-control towards women was his destruction. We read in our devotion, Conflict and Courage, page 132, paragraph 3. Physically, Samson was the strongest man upon the earth, but in self-control, integrity and firmness, he was one of the weakest men. Many mistake strong passions for a strong character. But the truth is that he who is mastered by his passions is a weak man. The real greatness of the man is measured by the power of the feelings that he controls, not by those that control him. End of quote. The Bible tells us the book of Proverbs chapter 16 verse 32. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. Samson was one who could take a city, but was not one who could rule his spirit as far as fornication goes. Maybe he wasn't the type to get angry, but when the craving for sexual intercourse comes, Samson was not the type to hold himself. And in that matter, he was weak in firmness and in self-control and in integrity. This may be the case for some of us today, that we may be Samsons in our own vein. For some it may be anger or it may be just gaming, another it may be alcohol and for another pornography and for another it may just be 
mere dissipation going to parties but any of these weaknesses can make us not to achieve what the lord wants us to achieve in conflict and courage page 132 paragraph 5 we are told the very ones whom god proposes to use as his instruments for a special work satan employs his utmost power to lead astray he attacks us at our weak points working through defects in the character to gain control of the whole man and he knows that if these defects are cherished he will succeed but none need be overcome man is not left alone to conquer the power of evil by his own feeble efforts help is at hand and will be given to every soul who really desires it end of quote so we read here that it's satan's plan to take advantage of our weaknesses and defects in character which majority of all humans we do have these defects and no matter how small that defect is it can actually destroy us there are many who because of these defects in characters today they couldn't achieve what they wanted to achieve but we have hope in that we are told that man is not left alone to conquer the power of evil by his own feeble efforts help is at hand and will be given to every soul who really desires it whatever the defect is whatever your weakness is is it alcohol is it drugs is it porn? Is it self-abuse, sexual intercourse, games? Or are you addicted to the praise of men and self-exaltation? Or it could even be food. Whatever these addictions are, there's help at hand. Self-control and temperance is key. You know, in the fruits of the Spirit, we are told that one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. So on the basis of getting the victory, we need to ask for the Holy Spirit. The Lord has promised us in the, Luke, in the book of Luke 11 verse 13 that the Father is willing to give us the Holy Spirit if we ask Him. Many people cannot achieve much for the lack of self-control. Their career is derailed by a lack of self-control and a practice of self-denial. Many a man and many a woman whose life might have painted a better picture, who are capable of great things, are lying on the streets deranged they have lost their mind others cannot keep a job others still cannot push further than where they are presently because of one weak point of character one vice entertained in the life these vices are like gods and the people who seem to be like servants to it it calls them and they answer without any remonstration whenever the craving comes it's like all control is lost and one cannot say no or refuse to indulge. This is what an addiction is like. Samson was sort of addicted to sexual sin. Visiting a harlot is no different from one who is visiting modern day harlots on the pornographic websites. Today they wrongly call it adult sites as though it is something okay for adults. Pornography is not okay for anybody but they call them adult websites as if it's only children that shouldn't go there. Nobody should go there. Porn is not good for anybody and we should be careful not to follow the world's narrative in calling it adult websites. Porn is destroying many today as it destroyed Samson but the focus is not necessarily on porn but just weaknesses generally. In Samson's case, it was following harlots. I was listening to someone talk about a psychologist talking about pornography and I said it has its good side that pornography reduces crime, sexual crimes but then it increases a crime against the, the, the against your own self, which is self-abuse. It's not solving any problem in the long run. That's the main thing. It's a problem for many. And then, like I said, other weaknesses are there. For some, it could be anger. People have lost their jobs because of anger. Some, it is pride. They can't just 
submit to another person. A lack of humility is making them not to reach the highest heights that they can reach. For other people, their weakness is that they cannot just take being talked to anyhow, which is still a kind of pride. And others, like I've mentioned, drugs, food and all of that. It hinders our progress. Whatever the defect in our character, it hinders our progress. In the case of Samson, his friends, the friends he kept, the people he mixed with, was what derailed him. How do you solve that? The book of 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33 tells us, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Samson's infatuation seems almost incredible. At first, he was not so wholly entrailed as to reveal the secret. But he had deliberately walked into the net of the betrayer of souls, and its meshes were drawing close about him at every step. That is from Conflict and Courage, page 133, paragraph 6. And so it is with anybody who keeps indulging in any vice. Little by little, it continues to draw them close into a net, and the net keeps holding them stronger and stronger until it finally destroys the person. So, in the case where you have friends, for somebody, for example, who the case is alcohol, many times they do it together with friends. We need to make the right kind of friends, which was one of one of the problems for Samson. The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs 22, reading 20, verse 24 and 25, Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. And you can apply this not... Can apply this not just to an angry and furious man but to anybody who has a vice in their life character that is not good many people learn masturbation from their friends because they made friends with the wrong people some unknown to them so the kind of friends we keep matters proverbs 13 verse 20 says he that walketh with wise men shall be wise but a companion of fools shall be destroyed and proverbs 28 verse 7 says whoso keepeth the law is a wise son but he that is a companion of righteous men, she met his father. So, the kind of friends we keep matters. That's what the Bible keeps telling us. So, we must make friends with the wise because he that walketh with wise men shall be wise. When we come to our Bibles, we have before us the wisest of men that we can make our companions and learn from them. All over are strewn before us in the word of God, prophets of God, holy men as the bible called them who were inspired by the holy ghost to write the things they wrote we can get acquainted with them and even in our present world we can find people you don't need many friends but just a few that you see that are following the lord make them your friends and it will help you in psalms 119 verse 63 david wrote i am a companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts one way we can help ourselves i'll just say one way that we can help ourselves just to encourage us on the defects of character that we have is what jesus said in matthew chapter 26 verse 41 which says watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation reading from gospel workers page 126 paragraph 1 we are told by watchfulness and prayer he may so guard his weakest points that they will become his strongest points through the grace of christ Men may acquire moral stamina, strength of will, and stability of purpose. There is power in this grace to enable them to rise above the alluring, infatuating temptations of Satan and to become loyal, loyal, devoted Christians. Amen. So, prayer is very important. Watchfulness and prayer. What are we watching? Watch for the triggers that lead us into whatever weaknesses we have and pray whenever the temptation comes. 
Again, reading from Christ's triumphant page 89, paragraph 3, we are told, God often brings people to a crisis to show them their own weakness and to point them to the source of strength. If they pray and watch unto prayer, fighting bravely, their weak points will become their strong points. Jacob's experience contains many valuable lessons for us. God taught Jacob that in his own strength he could never gain the victory, that he must wrestle with God for strength from above. End of quote. I hope that these words encourage us. Watch and pray. By watchfulness and prayer, that which is your weakest point can become your strongest point. But remember, it is by watchfulness and prayer. How many times when you are tempted do you actually pray? I find that many times the reason we fall into sin, whatever we call the weaknesses that we have, when the temptation comes, many do not pray. We just let it to take us and go just like that. Try praying during that temptation when that weakness comes. Try praying and then avoid the places, the friends that you know will lead you into that sin. Some it may not be friends. Then just pray over it and watch yourself. Find out the things that triggers it. Pray to the Lord whenever the trigger is there that he should give you the strength to overcome and surely you will overcome. Let us be encouraged. We may be like Samson. Our career may be going down the drain because of some defects in character that we have. We are not where we ought to be. We could have been better doing better things for the Lord. But because of these weaknesses, we have not achieved up to what we need to what we're supposed to achieve. But there is hope for us. If today we will take hold of the strength that the Lord is offering to us, that His grace can be given to us. There is power in this grace to enable us to rise above the alluring, infiltrating temptations of Satan and to become loyal, devoted Christians. It is possible. All things are possible with God, remember. And as long as you exercise faith in the Word of God, who said that you can't do it and believe that you can and do the things He asked you to do, victory shall be yours. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we need victory over the defects of character in our lives. At this moment, Lord, we pray, please deliver us. Many of us have various weaknesses and I don't know those who are listening, whatever weakness they have. But as they lift up their voices in prayer, as I also pray, I ask, Lord, that you meet us at the point of our needs. Grant us the gift of your spirit, the fruit of your spirit, that we may have that quality called self-control and temperance, that we will not allow our flesh to have the better over us, but that we will rule over ourselves. Do this for us, O Lord, and take the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.